the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. These days we're living in, I think they may be the last days. I know this. We're getting closer. So James is saying to those of us, we've already said we're in the category. We're rich by the world standards. We need to be careful about how we live and what we're putting our treasure in in these days. Because these are the last days. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis tells us that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And and when you, an eternal soul, tries to find your satisfaction in the temporal, you're always going to be left wanting. That's deception. It's not going to happen. We're deceived into thinking not only just about tomorrow, we can be deceived into thinking only about today. If I'm thinking only about today, then my mentality is self-indulgence. I've got to have it now. All you have to do is look at our media to see how we're overwhelmed with this. If you think about the major sources of media in your life, whether it's TV, it's that cell phone that's in your hand or that tablet or, or, or whether it's the radio or XM or whatever you're receiving your information from, we're told that the average person today sees, listen to this, 360 ads a day. There are 360 advertisements that come into your life, whether it's on Facebook or or, or whether it's on some other internet site or whether it's on the TV or what you listen to. Now, that's 360 times a day, and there's 365 days in a year. That's 131,400 times every year somebody is telling you, you got to have this. If you want to sleep right, you better get my pillow and my sheets, and my mattress cover, and that car you drive, oh, it's not near as nice as this car. You need it, you deserve it, and you need it right now. James is saying that's deceiving you as well. Because when a created being seeks satisfaction from other created things, rather than the creator, she will always be left wanting. We are the creatures. And yet rather than turning to our creator, too many of us are seeking satisfaction in that which will never, ever satisfy. That's why Solomon, the wisest and richest man in history, said, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. 
Now, James illustrates this, just in case we missed it. And he illustrates it with rotting grain, with moth-eaten garments, and with rusty gold. There were three things that in, in that day would illustrate your wealth. Well, one of those was the amount of grain that you had. That was like your savings account. So you might store up a lot of grain, but James says, be careful because that can rot. Have you ever um, opened something in your refrigerator and realized maybe you had let it sit there a little too long? You, um, maybe you put out a piece of cheese and you realized, I thought that was supposed to be yellow, not green. Or are you open the jug of milk and you realize, I'm not sure this was supposed to be clumpy. James is saying that which you have can go bad. It can spoil. But in case they didn't get it, he said, you know, your grain can rot. But another way you showed your wealth, we still do this today, is how you dress. You dress to impress, baby. And James is saying, be careful because moths can eat your garments. And unfortunately, I've, I've had that experience too. You go to take something off the hanger in your closet, and you realize, whoa, where did that hole come from? I don't think that was part of the designer plan. James is saying, be careful. But then everybody still today understands you need to buy gold, right? You turn on the TV and they said, buy gold now. And back then, that was the same thing. So if you had a lot of gold, but did you know that there was a strange mist that would come up from the Dead Sea? And that Dead Sea would... That, that fog, that mist that would come up would, would create a chemical reaction that would cause even gold and silver to rust. And James is saying, I don't care what you're looking to. Everything you can see, everything you can touch, it's temporary. Be careful. James doesn't stop there. He says, be careful, money can make a dangerous master. Be careful, money can be a deceitful master. But then he, he finally says, if you really want to be prepared, you better be careful because money, boy, it's a deadly master. Look at verse 4 again. He says, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud. They're crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. It, you know, I want you to think about what's said right there. The cries of the harvesters have reached the Lord of hosts. What is he saying? He's saying you've lived in such a way that if you're not careful, Though you think you're storing up treasures, you're fattening your calves, you're making everything to get ready. All you're doing, he says this in verse 4, you're just preparing yourself for the days of slaughter. You're going to die. And when you die, you're going to stand before God. And the way you've lived with the things you've touched, your possessions, that's going to be part of the testimony that speaks for or against you before God. That's what he's saying there. The cries of the harvesters, he's talking about people that had abused their workers, of course. They had oppressed their laborers. 
But the point was clear. How you spend, how you use, how you deal with what you have, boy, that's going to become a witness that's either going to speak for you or against you in that day of judgment. It's been said that money talks. I believe it does. If the money that passes through your hands were to talk today, what would it say? (laughs) What if Jesus, you're standing before him and he says, hey, Paul, it's good to see you. Glad you made it. Uh, Before we go further, I'm going to call a few witnesses. Paul, I'm going to call your checkbook as a witness. What would it say? Paul, I'm going to call your savings account. Maybe your retirement account or your, your, your stocks, your portfolio. It would speak to who's been in control of your life, wouldn't it? It would speak to where you've placed your treasures. It would speak to how you're looking at things. And remember, James has been telling us that through every chapter. It's about our perspective. We're either getting a perspective from secular things in this world or we're getting our perspective from the sacred things of God's word. And here he's reminding us again, the way we look at stuff is reflecting that perspective. So how do we get it right? I want to take these principles that we've seen in James 5 And I want to give you just three steps to help prepare for your last day's portfolio. Because that's what we're going to do. This week, he's talking about our stuff. Next week, he's going to deal with how you walk through the challenges of life. He's going to end the chapter talking about our prayer and how we anticipate what God can do and wants to do in and through us as we prepare for the last days. But how do we make sure that our portfolio, that which we have, will testify for us in those last days? Let me just give you a few thoughts. First, number one, develop a forever mindset. Develop a forever mindset. Realize that this world is is not your home, that, that you are an eternal being. Refuse to find your satisfaction in temporary things. Understand this truth. It's okay to have the things that money can buy, presuming you have the things that money can't buy. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. That's why in in John 3, 16, we have described the ultimate act of generosity. You know that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believed in him should not 
perish, but should have eternal life. When God wanted to demonstrate his love to us, what did he do? He gave up that which is most precious to him for us. The heart of the gospel is the outflowing generosity of God that though we don't deserve it, he loves us. Though we're sinful, he's willing to pay our bill. Though we're unrighteousness, he's willing to give us life. And that's all because of forever. You see, if if I have a forever mindset, the things I touch here can't control me. Develop a forever mindset. Secondly, develop faithful habits. We, We all know that how we live out our life is a reflection of of what we really believe. Do you have faithful habits in your life when it comes to the stuff that you have? A good place to start is with a budget. I I love listening and reading Dave Ramsey, and Dave Ramsey reminds us that if, if you don't have a plan for how your money is spent, it's gonna be lost. You, you start with a budget. And as a part of that budget, you, you budget generosity. So if I want to reflect who God is, I, I want to be generous because th- that's the greatest way he demonstrates to me the gospel. I, I want to be generous. And as I develop generosity, I want to make sure I'm generous toward the things that Jesus loves. Well, what does the Bible say that Jesus deeply loves? Us. His church, we are the bride of Christ. So just as a loving, godly husband loves his bride, the Bible says that Jesus loves us. If if we want to honor God with our generosity, we honor God with generosity through the local church. You know the kind of difference that makes? Well, it allows us to come together and be encouraged in our faith, of course. But did you also know that it allows us to do things like what we did on Thursday where more than 100 people just drove on our campus. They received free food, some of them a box, a 30-pound box of chicken, milk and candy and okra, all kinds of fresh foods because of you. We were able to tell them that this is just a demonstration of the love of God. No strings attached. Because you give to the bride, the Lord's church. Did you know that on Friday night, we were able to serve more than 300 meals through our ministry on our six-mile campus? About 100 of those were to people who were homeless, just showing the love of Jesus. We were able to meet needs, demonstrating the gospel. Did you know that because you give to our church and we can keep our facilities up, on most days, four days out of the week at least, during the school year, we have more people from different religions on our campus than we do Christ followers because we've developed the ministry to reach out and teach them English. 
when you give, it makes a difference. It doesn't go to buy the pastor planes or fancy houses. It makes a difference right here in our communities. We minister to the school children, just like the school right next to our campus, Lake Magdalene, in our Lake Carroll community. We minister in our nursing homes. We make a difference for the glory of God. I hope that as you go through this time of preparing in these last days, that you think about your giving and your generosity habits. And maybe you would just pause and ask God to make you more generous. I still believe the New Testament standard for generosity to your church is is what Jesus talked about. Someone asked him, Jesus, should we still tithe? And in Matthew 23, 23, he said, yes, tithe. But don't stop there. What's the tithe? The the tithe has a specific meaning. It was 10% of of what came into your life during that time period. So so I believe that uh, from my income, from our family income, we want to start by giving at least 10% to our local church. That's God's plan for generosity. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I can get there today. Okay, start somewhere. Develop faithful habits. So he says, develop a forever mindset. Develop faithful habits and determine to live a fruitful life. Determine to live a fruitful life. What does it mean to be fruitful? Well, in John 15 and verse 16, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. How do you bear fruit that will last? Well, Jim Elliott kind of summed this up this way, the missionary martyr who gave his life in Ecuador for his faith. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What was he saying? I think he was challenging us, and I think Jesus is challenging us to remember we can't take it with us, right? But we can send it ahead. We can invest in ways that makes a difference for eternity. So how do we send it ahead? Well, there's only two things that last for eternity that are here today. You know what they are? One is the Word of God. The Bible says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the Word of God endures what? Forever. So the Word of God will have that in eternity. But the only other thing is the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. Why did James think this was so important? We're talking about the last days. I mean, you got to get ready. Why would he talk about this? Is it real? Does it really matter? Does God really care about your stuff? Well, you know, Jesus, one third of his sermons dealt with money. One third of the parables that he told dealt with our possessions. And James was probably there when Jesus preached one of his most famous sermons. I think he was there because James kind of paraphrases him. You might remember it. It sounds a lot like what we read in James chapter 5. Listen to Jesus in Matthew 6 and verse 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth 
where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, (laughs) there your heart will be also. See, Jesus believed that how we look at what we have really makes a difference. So how do I illustrate this? Some of you have been wondering about this uh, jar of M&M's. I was afraid I was going to get hungry. And so I I had it here. (laughs) These are good. (laughs) In fact, these are great. Um, all the colors of the rainbow just reminds us of God's promises. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Praise the Lord. Um, why do I have these M&Ms here? Well, I've kind of experienced this with all of my children, but most recently I've encountered this with Anaya. She went through a phase, a phase where she... Uh, really like M&M's just like this. And so I would pick her up from school and I would make sure in my office, I would have a little bag of M&M's. In fact, when she'd come to the office, she would say, where's the M&M's? <laughs> I would get out the bag. and But here's the thing. I like M&M's. And so as she began to eat, I would take the bag. And I would try to get me an M&M. But if you've ever done that from a child, you recognize that can be dangerous. She did not want to give me M&M's. As a matter of fact, she didn't always say this, but I can remember her saying, no, they're mine. My M&M's. And you know what I was thinking? Who gave you those M&M's? Where do you think you got those M&M's from? Did you buy those M&M's with your money, little girl? I don't think so. And I took my M&M. See, we have a lot of things in life that are good to us. And our natural tendency is to think, and I worked hard. You know the old motto, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can, right? I worked hard, I saved, I earned, this is mine. God's word says that's a faulty perspective. So James, the half-brother of Jesus, starts this letter in chapter 1. In verse 17, by setting up this faulty view of wealth that he would again address in chapter 5. Remember what it said in verse 17 of chapter 1? Every, say every, every every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. James is saying if there's anything good in your life, God gave it to you. If there's anything you think is valuable... God gave it to you. If there's any of your possessions that are making a difference, you had better remember God gave it to you. And if you remember 
if you remember that what you have came from God, then you're going to be careful with how you use what you have. It really comes down to who's the God of your stuff. And the God of your stuff really speaks to who's the God of your life. So like James says, Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Does how you view your life illustrate that you believe God's in control? If not, why not make that change today? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.